The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonall. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you've got. Yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Yeah. Yes. This part of Unlock Your Wealth Radio is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for stopping by. We are so glad to have you. You, uh, I am Heather Wagonhalls, your purveyor of prosperity, and I am flanked by the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we are going to help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features so first off what key is it uh it is key number two and i will have the answer uh, shortly shortly well you know i mean let's let's talk <laughs> like within this episode talk, talk amongst yourselves <laughs> okay well um well no 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 no. it's take action and make assessment okay t-a-m-a t-a-m-a yeah, so you got to stick with the four-letter acronyms that Damn I created it. for all of them. Take action, make assessment. So this is the uh, going green key where we go organic. We're going to do an organic assessment, which is different than what most people do when they go see a money manager or financial coach for the first time. Mm-hmm. And right. this what makes us fundamentally different than all of the rest because we are a biology-based money management program. And if you are interested in learning about this week's key from our Keys to Riches financial philosophy, well, you ain't going to get it here anymore because it's its own show. So you have to visit our website at keystoriches.com if you want to check out this week's show and our second key in the Keys to Riches financial philosophy. So uh, yeah, so it's our it's our going green key. It's our very organic way of managing our money biologically. So it's super awesome. So you'll have to stop by and join us. Uh, so that, um, now it is time for the moolah word. Moolah word of the day. And my moolah word just completely vaporized. I don't know what happened. Um, while you were having and, and struggling with um, your deal. Um, no, you're having a problem too. See, it's not just yeah. me. Yeah, like uh, all of a sudden I had a tech issue. So, all right. Uh, so, moolah word is gross profit margin. And it is what remains from sales after a company pays out the cost of goods sold. So to obtain the gross profit margin, you divide the gross profit by the sales. The gross profit margin is expressed as a percentage. So if a company receives 25000 in sales and its cost of goods sold were 20000 the gross profit margin would be equal to 25000 minus 20 divided by 25 or 20%. Okay. Pretty simple, huh? Yep. So that's our rule of word of the day. You know, we have not visited with Dr. Wade in a while. It's been a, it has been a while. Yeah, we, we have been missing him. And uh, so... In that vein, it's time to have him back, don't you agree? I agree. And uh, so 
Dr. Wade, Dr. Joel Wade, author of Mastering Happiness, has been spending his weeks with us with his annual course on Mastering Happiness. And so he's going to bring us the next installment for today's show. Uh, Dr. Wade is a marriage and family therapist as well as a life coach. And he brings really unique experiences to to the coaching platform. I know I've actually, um, on the cuff, last, uh, just this past summer, um, had some personal familial challenges that I thought, you know, um, you know, I, I kind of have an idea of what I'm supposed to do since I'm kind of in the coaching realm, but it's always nice to bounce something off oh, of a absolutely. colleague. And he gave me some of the best advice that I could have ever done, you know, and ever received, you know, with regard to the passing of a friend and helping a loved one bereave. Cool. And so it was really great. And and so I'm grateful to him. And I'm, I'm grateful to him because he's also here on the show all the time with us as well, because he brings his own unique spirit to helping us manage our money better. Because if we can't manage our biology and our emotions, we're certainly not going to be able to manage our money better. So let's check in with Dr. Wade and find out what the next module is in our master's course of happiness and uh, uh, see if we can't bring a little bit more happiness into our lives each and every day. Dr. Joel, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. It's so great to have you back on the show. Thanks, Heather. It's great to be here. I can't believe it's been so long since we were just at Freedom Fest together, and it was so great that you were able to play fill in for Michael and uh, co-host the whole entire show. That was pretty delightful. We had a good time. That was a. I love Freedom Fest. I love the Atlas Summit that we just. That was such a great time. It was so wonderful um, to have you a part of sh- the show like that because we had your insight the whole the whole time, the whole hour, as opposed to just for the little snippets we get here and there. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's worried about being put out of work here, but uh, <laughs> I think you know, see, your technical savvy is what's keeping you in the game, yeah. Michael. So, so you're you've got job security there. We, you don't have to worry about that, but I'm. So excited as we master our happiness and as we move through this master's course in happiness, now we are working on, is it effective thinking this week? Yeah. Effective thinking. Okay. I guess as opposed to ineffective thinking. <laughs> well, I can, I, I'm an expert in that area. <laughs> I, I think I've, I've, I've got a master's I've plenty of time at it myself. <laughs> Yeah, it took me for about the first 30 years of my life, I was mastering ineffective thinking. So help me and all of the listeners switch gears. And and first off, I guess, answer this question. Why is effective thinking essential to mastering happiness? Well, in a sense, it's it's a huge part of what makes us human. Um, I mean, one of the things that Nathaniel Brandon pointed out was how... um, you know, cats have claws, you know, other animals have fangs or, you know, spikes or things like that or poison. We have our brain, our mind. We have our ability to think and um, our ability to think or not to think. So we have we have the choice. And that's where uh, oftentimes uh, our humanity comes in. Okay, so we have we might have an impulse 
to do something or a feeling to do something or a or a uh, we're we're drawn to do something by by some force or other um something looks just so good to do or or we can't help ourselves or uh, our our you know draw is so strong and yet we can intervene with our mind and change the probability so we're you know our our we have some kitty cats and they uh you know if they get irritated they swat if they get hungry they eat you know most of the time they sleep because they feel like sleeping um we can feel like swatting somebody and decide not to yes we, we can uh we can feel like having uh something that's bad for us to eat and decide not to and uh, we can we can uh have an impulse to take some action and yet think long term you know that's not going to be good for us and and change our mind so probability uh favors our our habits our ingrained habits or 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 impulses or feelings but our thinking is what allows us to um to counter probability and it makes us conscious and in many ways it's what makes us human i i like that because i i've been reading robert green's book the 48 laws of power are you familiar with that book i'm not <laughs> well <laughs> It's pretty interesting. Let me tell you, some of these kids, and you know, and and as I'm, since you brought it up with the whole kitty cat thing, I think that you are omitting a big part of what cats do, and is they fake sleep and they just plot and scheme against their owners. <laughs> well, yeah, that's about half the time. Because <laughs> my girlfriend's cat does that. It's just like you know, um, it reminds me of Inspector Clouseau and his manservant Cato. Ah, yeah. <laughs> like that's her cat it's like always plotting to get her in some way you never know when it's gonna come i know they sneak attack you uh so <clears throat> but uh along those lines and as i think about the 48 laws of power and this ability to think um i'm thinking that you know some of these uh laws seem sort of um what's the word that i'm looking for i'm looking for a really good word to describe this um some of them some of them are kind of nefarious some of them are disingenuous um but um what i think as i'm listening to them and and i think about the biology-based work that i do with my money management and as i'm thinking about what you're saying about our ability to be human is our power to think that even though some of these laws are, are kind of givens and a lot of them right, wrong or indifferent. And, and most of them you think, wow, that's kind of not good with some of those like to deliberately um, disperse misinformation. And, mm. and, and he goes back throughout history and cites things like, you know, how, how um, they were, they were giving misinformation during world war two. And so that's why none of their targets were being hit. And by the time um, they had disseminated so much misinformation, they were like, you know, dropping bombs in empty pastures. Yeah. Because of the psyop stuff that was going on, yeah. But um, but my thought is that a lot of that stuff just seems like biological drives. That that it, although it appears to be calculating, it seems like it's just more of the same of, of of us responding biologically. How do we know when we're actively thinking or when we just think we're thinking, but we're still responding, like either conatively or, or affectively? Hmm. Well, that's a 
That's a $10 billion question right there. <laughs> yeah, um, I got a good one finally. Yeah, I, I think the answer is uh, it's, it's um, we often don't. <laughs> we often don't know the difference because there's so many, our motivations are so complex. Uh, it's, it doesn't have to be one or the other. other. Our, we, can, we can have, we can be drawn to something biologically and decide this is a good thing. Okay. <clears throat> we can, and a lot of um, uh, our emotions are, uh, you know, they, they can often steer us in the right direction. The, the tricky thing is we have to use our mind in order to choose whether that's the right direction. Uh, so feelings aren't all-knowing guides that we can just rely on. Uh, but they are, they do give us information. And so it's, in other words, I, I guess we don't have to distinguish which is biological and which is uh, pure thought. What the mission is, is to integrate them. And so that our actions are following our deepest values, our uh, sort of the, the the most important elements of our essential selves, which which is our deeply held values, our our uh, our most important goals. Okay. So, if if I value uh, honesty, say if I if I value treating people benevolently, um, that helps me steer my emotions that that helps me assess my emotions so somebody might you know uh, cut me off on the road and i might feel like you know giving them some some kind of a uh, a gesture yay uh, half a peace or, sign <laughs> or or yell at them or something and yet i can decide you know that's not the that's not the atmosphere i want to live in myself and so instead, I can think, you know, they're, maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they're on their way to the hospital and somebody they love is, you know, in deep trouble. Maybe, you know, I don't know what's going on with them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt since the, the, it's already happened. There's, there's no function to my yelling or gesturing except for venting my, my feelings. So I'm going to choose to think about it a different way. It may or it may or may not be true, but the the truth is I don't know what's true. I just know here's this guy that did something that that invaded my space for a moment. Okay. And I, I can decide, you know, it's not worth it to go down that road to indulge those emotions. I'd rather think in a different way. Okay. And that changes the atmosphere that I live with. I like because that. Because that moment when I'm maybe yelling at the person or swearing at them or giving, or giving a gesture, uh, that's not a happy time. You know, that's not a very pleasant time. It just feels just. Right. And, and by feels expressing like they deserve the emotion that. doesn't fix the chemical dump you just experienced. Exactly. Exactly. And so that, that's an example of where our thinking can go. Now, somebody listening might think, yeah, you're just, you're just lying to yourself, though, because what really ha- what's true is you're angry and you need to get that out. But that's a mistake, especially with anger. Uh, anger, it's not helpful to vent your anger. Uh, 
it's one of the most harmful things that we do. And there's a whole movement in pop psychology in the 60s and 70s and into the 80s, uh, sort of advocating getting your feelings out. But it turns out not to be helpful. Because what we're doing in those moments is we're practicing. Yes. <laughs> we're practicing getting angry. Yes. And so every time I vent my anger, I get better at it. Yeah, and uh, I've created a neural pathway of exactly. to, to, to express my anger in this particular way each and every time, and it gets stronger and stronger. And before I know it, I'm punching people out, not punching bags out. Exactly. Now, none of this means that you don't, you don't protect yourself in a dangerous situation. You know, if you're, if you're faced with somebody, it, it doesn't mean that you're just, okay, whatever anybody wants to do, they do. But, but again, your thinking comes into that, where how do I want to respond to this? Somebody's maybe um, make, made a threatening phone call, or somebody is... Um, you know, trying to badger me into buying a washing machine at the store. <laughs> well, what do I do? Um, I don't have to just go along with it. I can I can take action to stop that that invasion. But once it's done, like the person cutting me off, that's done. There's no action to take. Mm-hmm. And so I can choose to go a different place with my thinking. But but in all these cases, you have the emotion, you have the impulse, you have sort of the the well-worn habits, and then you can decide what do I want to do with this. Now one of the one of the common uh, characteristics of criminals is they don't do that. They don't um, they don't delay gratification. They see something they want, they take it. They see something they don't want, they, they hit it. Uh, they don't consider the pros and cons of a certain behavior and then choose accordingly. They follow their impulses, and that's why they keep getting in trouble for the most part. That's, that's a very common characteristic of criminals. You are listening to Dr. Joel Wade on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners by visiting our show page at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash KeepMyID and put your credit on lockdown and protect your character and good name today. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So how do we create effective thinking? The, well, the, first, the very first step is to acknowledge that you have the ability to, to choose. You, you have the ability to intervene in your life with your thinking. Uh, you're not a victim of your impulses or your feelings or of circumstances for the most part. You know, I mean, sure, there are situations where you're stuck in a circumstance, and there's been plenty of examples in history where people are enslaved or, you know, horrible situations, and those can still happen in the world today. But for the most part, um, we have a lot of choice how we respond to situations. And so it, it helps to know what, what matters to you what your values are, what, what's important to you, 
and have that as, as something of a guiding principle. Um, and then, then the question is to apply it to your life in different ways. Um, since you know you can do it, then the challenge is to begin to practice doing it deliberately. Um, and one good example of that is, um, okay, an example of ineffective thinking is ruminating. Uh. When, we go, when we go over and over and over uh, some bad experience, yeah. there's nothing good that comes of that. It can feel like something good is coming of it. It can feel like this is important to, to consider and to really think about. But for the most part, when we're doing that, we're just sort of digging the, the bad feelings in deeper with our thinking. We're reliving uh, a difficult experience. It's like flogging so, yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and, or it's it's kind of like that. That's why gossip is so harmful. It's kind of like ruminating together with people. Yes. You're, you're you're doing something that has no actual effect in the world, and so you're you're just going on this cycle. And one of the one of the biggest causes of depression is a sense of helplessness and which which can come from focusing on things we don't have control over mm-hmm. if, if if i'm focusing on on negative experiences from the past well by definition i don't have control over that it happened and, and unless you've you know created a time machine i i i haven't heard anything about a time machine lately um yeah i'm fresh out <laughs> yeah, yeah. So once it's happened, there, you have no impact on it. Mm-hmm. it it's gone. Um, Commiseration so, is such a slippery slope, though. How do we stop the gossip or the the self-flogging? I, I mean, mm. because before we can start something else, don't we have to stop doing whatever it is that's ineffective? Exactly. And so so the, the, the most important thing is to recognize that going in over over and over negative thoughts is a harmful thing. So just like, you know, the venting of anger, when people, if someone thinks that's a good thing, well, there's a lot of <clears throat> good reason to do it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've known plenty of people that think that it's it's actually healthy to to go over and over, you know, a, a negative experience. Because there's been some pop psychology things uh, that have encouraged sort of replaying of bad experiences. And not just pop psychology. I mean, going back to, you know, in a sense, psychoanalysis, you're following the flow of your memories, and you can go back through painful things and talk about it. Um, so there's been a lot of, of encouragement in different channels to, you know, reflect on the bad things. Um, and so the, the first thing to realize and to understand is that that doesn't do you any good. Okay. So it's on the reflection on, on the, on the rumination, on the rumination. Now, now, if something happens and there's something to learn from it, you would certainly reflect on it, reflect on it, see what there is to learn from it, you know, so that next time you don't do the same thing, 
that was hurtful. So, uh, and and I'm not saying to deny a bad experience or you know just cast it aside. See if there's something to learn from it. Acknowledge that it happened. Feel the the pain or the the sadness of it, um, and then move on to the next thing. Okay. The, the key is you want to focus on the things that you do have control over and not on the things that you don't have control over. So you start by acknowledging, you know, this is, I'm, I'm thinking about the past. This is hurting me and wasting my time. Okay. The other thing is to dispute the uh, conclusion because I'm, I might have had an experience where maybe, maybe I gave a talk and I got a bad response. So I might be going over and over it thinking, well, you know, uh, that was a bad talk. I'm a rotten speaker. I'm a, you know, nobody likes me. I should just pack it up and, 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 and you can build on it and make it bigger, make it global, make it into something. You can take a, a specific experience and make it global, uh, make it about you as a person rather than just the one specific event. And that can make things much worse. Mm-hmm. So, so then the, the step to take there is to dispute that and go, wait a minute, I've given plenty of good talks, plenty of talks where I've had great feedback. That one stunk. What did I, what happened? And then you can learn from that and then you're done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, so just, maybe it was a bad booking. Maybe, you know, you're there to talk yeah. about mastering happiness and it was like something for funeral directors or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the message gets lost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it could have been a rock star uh, yeah. speech, but it just it had the wrong audience. <laughs> right, right. It was a. <laughs> yeah. So what we tend to do with rumination is we tend to make things, you know, uh, global. You take a specific thing and make it global. And you take something and you make it very personal, but it's about you as a character. Um and and you also tend to make it uh, uh, perpetual so that it's, yeah, this is how it always has been and always will be. And once you put it into those terms, you're helpless. Okay. If you put it in terms of here's the specific event, what can I learn from it? What can I do about it? Then you have a problem you can solve. Mm-hmm. And then you're into action and effective thinking. Okay. So with this, I'm thinking as I'm listening to you and kind of putting the pieces together myself. So we hear this psychological term called cognitive dissonance. Does the dispute portion help us resolve those internal conflicts that usually make us, uh, Mm. lead us to making ineffective decisions? Well, cognitive dissonance has to do with um, something happens that goes against what I expect to happen. Or, or what I what I think should happen, or or my beliefs. Well, I might have a rotten belief, and so what happened conflicts with that. And most of the time, what we do with that is we cast aside the experience and stick with our rotten belief. Oh, okay. So instead. The thing to do, you know, the more we can watch ourselves kind of like a natural science experiment and go, hmm, okay, what's, here's this experience. Uh, what, is, what does Heather want to do with this? 
just naturally, just just by impulse. Okay, she wants to just say, "Oh, that was nothing. That doesn't mean anything." Uh, and uh, okay, so that's the that's sort of the the habit. That's the neural pathway that's well worn. What's this actually showing, though? What are the facts? What's the what just happened here? Well, there's some feedback that that I didn't like. And maybe I should look at that. And, and, and so as much as possible, the more we can um, acknowledge what's true, which includes feedback we might not like, the more we can have put things into a form where there's a problem we can solve. Okay. Whereas with cognitive dissonance, you know, we tend to like to go where we're comfortable, which is the old belief, and just kind of ignore the data that okay. conflicts with it. Well, it's been a great time today uh, talking about this this effective thinking. If folks want to find out more about effective thinking or participate in the whole Mastering Happiness program, how do they do that? Well, uh, you can go to my website at, at drjoelwade.com, D-R-J-O-E-L-W-A-D-E.com. Also, uh, the Master's Course in Happiness is available at your website, Heather. Yay! We have a big banner. Yeah, and so they can they can find it right there, and there's there's uh, uh, it'll take them to a page that will give a lot more explanation about the course. Outstanding. Well, thanks again for being a part of Unlock Your Wealth Radio. And for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can go to Dr. Wade's show page and click on the links to his website, his freebies, and so much more. Thanks so much for stopping by for the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.